Hello and welcome back to Dear Adam Silver. My name is Abigail Smithson and as always I am your host and I just feel like I have to start every episode off with hoping that wherever you're listening to this you are feeling safe. Um, from everything that's going on right now. It's such an uncomfortable time, and I just am thinking of of everyone on the other end of this podcast. So um, thank you for listening, and I'm just I'm thinking of you all. Um, my guest today is Melody Ray, who is originally from British Columbia, and Melody is a dear friend of mine and a ceramic artist who's currently based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, as is the case with many of my guests, Melody and I met when we were both graduate students at Louisiana State University. Um, although Mel's primary medium is clay, she is also a printmaker, a writer, a musician, and an amazing baker and cook. I've eaten a lot of her food, listened to a lot of her music. Uh, she was a year ahead of me in graduate school, and when I arrived, um, she pretty much showed me all the places to go to get good food, to dance. Uh, to listen to good music, to go for long drives. So she was really influential during my time in Louisiana. And our conversation today is about the mail and what it has meant uh, to both of us as people and in our art practices. We send each other things in the mail. We both have used the mail with our art, uh, and we both love the mail. And I just wanted her to come on and, and discuss that because of what we know the USPS is going through right now in the United States and sort of the value that that mail has and access to mail for as many people as possible. It's so important that that our our mail remains a public institution and as many people have access to it as possible, especially with this election coming up. So we don't so much talk about the politics of that, but we're talking about what the mail means in a more conceptual way. The other thing I wanted to touch on that I meant to touch on and and have been thinking about for the past couple of months is that when the NCAA shut down all the spring sports competitions and stuff like that, I mentioned that in the podcast that I wanted to sh sort of shout out the athletes that had worked so hard to compete and were no longer getting the chance. And one thing I didn't touch on was there's an equivalent for artists and this time of year for Masters of Fine Arts uh, graduate students is the time to have their thesis exhibitions. Um, I had mine in 2017, um, and there it's a huge deal. It's it's the culmination of your time in graduate school where you show your work and you defend your thesis in front of your work, and it's really special and it's really important. And uh, oftentimes friends fly in. And, you know, for me it was like. I felt like it was one of the biggest events in my life uh, to sort of have come up with these ideas and then been able to execute them in some way that made sense to me um, and seemed to make sense to my, uh, you know, my thesis committee or whatever. And to have this celebration of, the, of this thing that I created felt so beyond uh, other, you know, or felt comparable to other big life moments. And the MFA students this year and BFA students, of course, Bachelor of Fine Arts, um, there's also, they have shows as well. I'm just thinking of MFA because that's what I've experienced most recently, and I didn't have a BFA show, but also wanting to include those students. The MFA candidates this year are not getting the chance to have an exhibition because of the pandemic. 
um, and social distancing and all of that. And, and you know, even a thesis defense, as I'm sure, are happening on Zoom. I mean, I've seen... I've seen them happening on Zoom, documentation and photos and stuff like that. And not being able to have that show, essentially like a party where people come and celebrate you and what you've done, that's really disappointing. And I want to make sure I'm acknowledging that that is something that people work towards. Not just not just the party aspect of it, but it's fun after you've put in so much time and effort to get to celebrate that and get to celebrate your work. And I'm so – it's just a big – let down for those people. Um, and of course, I know some of the third-year students in the LSU MFA program who are not getting to have that opportunity. And then, you know, it's all over the country and MFA programs everywhere uh, because art shows are put on hold. So I just really want to acknowledge that, that is a, that's a hard thing to let go of. I know that I would have been really disappointed if I had missed that that opportunity. So just wanted to shout out all the all the MFAs and BFAs out there who who work towards something really big and now aren't aren't getting to do it. So, thank you so much for listening. Um, love to you all. Take care, please. If you find this podcast interesting, share it um, and subscribe, rate, and review. Those things help me so much. And take care of yourselves. As as much as I have some frustration, especially when. Usually I go to the post office when I want to mail a package. You know, I don't have a scale at home. I don't have a printer. Um, But because of the pandemic, I've been trying to avoid all sort of windowless um, (laughs) boxes that are, you know, um, where the air doesn't ever move. And so uh, even though I love post offices, that's Mm. often the case. And so I, you know, haven't been going in. So I just ordered a bunch of stamps and... um, then, you know, just kind of like figuring out how to what goes on what, how much goes on what. And right. I think I had this very romantic sense of the mail before this. And that's how I've kind of worked through it in my art is is using it as a way to sort of share things, not just with the person that I'm mailing something to, but like that there's all these other people involved in that process. So right. like the packages I send and the postcards I send, especially the postcards get like looked at by so many people yeah Um, although you're not supposed to read them no (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yes and I mean that that's a total violation but the idea that they're looking at like where it's going they have to put you know that gets a little um fed through some machine that gets a postmark on and then goes on I just find that to be a really lovely process and now it's become a little bit Stressful, I think, you know, in the beginning of this, I was really concerned with, like, the surfaces of the packages and what was safe and what wasn't. Um, And now I'm feeling a little bit, um, I mean, I'm just, you know, being way more more concerned with, if you're concerned with washing your hands, then that's not as big of a concern. Right. Um, So, yeah, it's kind of changed. But So I'm trying to still, like, lean into those romantic feelings I have about the mail, but it's, it's difficult when it can feel a little bit scary slash like the post office is essentially my house (laughs) right yeah so what have been your what were your pre-pandemic feelings about the mail and how you might have used it in your artwork and Mm. then maybe we can get into some of the the mail issues you're now dealing (laughs) with (laughs) oh yeah I think I definitely have that romantic 
notion as well. Um, yeah, and I didn't even, it, you actually reminded me that I've used it a bunch. Like, I wasn't even sure why you asked me to talk about this until sure. you said, yeah, you've used it a bunch in your work. And then I thought about it and I have. Um, and I think it's just that idea of connecting with someone. Um, I don't know, maybe the male system is just like this symbol of of the the effort and the difficulty and just the distance you have to traverse to you know connect with someone else um yeah so I've I've used it um a few times in when I was at grad school I think well because I've always lived not always but I've I've lived away from home so much that um it it just was sort of a normal thing to keep in touch, like not regularly, like, but I've never been, you know, I didn't have a phone until, I don't know, halfway through grad school. So I wasn't really a text message kind of person, but I would send a letter, you know, maybe just once or twice a year to someone important, you know, on the other side of the continent. But, um, so for the for the work that I've made, um, I had sent out a few pieces of clay. I think when I was I was making impressions of of people and things, and um, I had sent some clay to a few people with the instruction of um, taking some impression of themselves or something and sending it back to me. Um, and then two of them ended up being really important to me. And one of them was from my mom. She had sent me an impression of her hand. I asked her to, and I didn't even have to send her clay because she works with clay. So she just had some lying around and she took an impression of her hand and sent it back to me in a Ziploc bag. And um, and I've kept it sort of, it's, it's dried out now, but I kept it, um, sealed up and, and wet, I guess. Um, and I use that in my thesis show as sort of an homage to Roland Barthes tribute to his mother in camera lucida, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and I think just, yeah, having that physical presence of, of my mom was, so powerful to me and I think that's what male can offer is a, a physical a physical trace of somebody whether it's an object or their handwriting it's a part of them and you can have it in your hands um yeah and and the other one I sent was to my ex-boyfriend and I think a lot of the work that I was doing was um it was about trying to connect to people, but it was also about learning how to deal with loss easier, sort of like giving myself exercises in things that were hard um, with the idea that I'd get better at letting go of things. And so I had sent him this slab of clay with the same instructions, but this was, you know, um, at the beginning of my time there, I think, or, or Anyways, it wasn't until, like, I totally forgot about it until 
a couple of days before my thesis defense, this package arrived at my door and it was from him and I knew and I opened it up and there was this play impression of his face with a note saying, you know, um, I'm sorry this took two years, <laughs> but um, I guess he, he didn't know what what to take an impression of. And um, he always suffered from really bad allergies. And I think he was having a bad time with them. Um, and it just occurred to him and he slapped the cold clay on his face and he said it helped him his sinuses and so I was holding this object in my hands and it just like yeah it it was really overwhelming and it sort of reaffirmed everything like I didn't use it in my show at that point I think it was already all set up in the gallery but and that's not true I was setting it up like yeah I mean, I, about hours before your show <laughs> <No>, days <laughs> <laughs> but no, I didn't, I didn't use it, but it was, it was so well-timed because it really just reaffirmed everything that just how much emotional weight you can have in an object um, and, and sending that to someone far away from you is just such a powerful thing that like a text message or an email can't do. No. And I mean, I think that that makes, um, I, I think that when we say that it's not about being like, oh, back in the day, because really, like, we are, we're not, I guess not, ha this is our generation that, that is the one that so um, uses text messages and emailing as the m most active way of, like, communicating and things like that or sending thoughts and stuff. Um, so it's not like that. It's just this idea that this is very, this is so much more powerful and, and, and the physical, the physical object, the, the, the taking the time, um, even if sometimes it's a long time and it's frustrating, whether that's because of the mail or because of the sender or whatever it is, it it may it like sort of that all becomes a part of of the thing once it arrives in your mailbox or on your front steps or whatever it is. Yeah. And, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I really I think that that especially when you when you're discussing that imprint of your mother's hand, um, for me I I think that's such a beautiful piece both in its simplicity and its intimacy um and it's like tenderness uh but this idea that 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 her hand was also held maybe inside a package but by all these other people like going back to the idea that when you use the mail you're engaging with all these people you don't know with whatever you're sending and right. so even if they didn't know that that was what was in the package it still has this sort of mysterious um intimacy to it and yeah. I think that's part of its power. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, another piece that I've done, I I was working with this goodbye letter, right? And just I don't know, in so many ways not knowing like how it would it would turn out in the end, but one of the things I did was I had um printed it all out with letter type like in in a slab of porcelain like and and I fired it. It was a really thin slab of porcelain that was like this typed out letter. And then I mailed it to myself. And I I don't really know why because I I mean I knew it would come back completely shattered, but um 
the idea, I think that like every time it passed someone's hands, it was probably breaking a little more, you know, like all of these people had a part in, um, in the final, like how many pieces this was that I had to put back together. I don't know. Um, no, I, I mean, I think that that, um, I also think that, you know, we, we are very concerned with things arriving in the same form as we sent them. And that's right. why there's like insurance that you can take out <laughs> on packages and things like that. And, you know, I I think that it's so interesting to look at it from the other side of things where it's like the more damaged this is damaged, like, quote, unquote, um, the less this it like the less similar this is to how it was when I sent it out, the more interesting and valuable it is to me. Right. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, there's so much of, I mean, just thinking about, you know, packages that you can, when you get insurance on them and things like that, and um, that there's so much fear involved in that, like fear of what might happen to the thing and um, just, you know, human error being, you know, because we're dealing with, with, with people. Um, and I just think it's the risk of the mail, which I'm not sure if I'm totally into this right now, considering my two handmade masks have not made it to who they were supposed to make it to yet. But like this idea that like you are taking a chance in some way, like every time. Um, and that's the way it should be in, to some extent. I mean, the insurance, whatever, like that, I can also understand why people might want that. But it's just like, when you're involving so many different people and something is traveling over such a distance, like, shouldn't it change? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, what is the insurance when, I mean, like, for instance, the parcel, one of the two parcels that hasn't arrived from, from my mom yet. Yeah. They'll, they'll reimburse her the $50 or whatever the monetary value is, but it's, my mom's letter I'm never gonna get that or I'm not you know it's just like the the value is so much more than whatever insurance can reimburse I think yeah and um I think it's also just such an interesting thought to think about those packages that you haven't received like where are they (laughs) What what are they doing where could they be and I I mean of course like that's why we have tracking but Sometimes when you send things out, I mean, especially with the postcard, it's like you get to sort of you're you're kind of thinking about it on its journey mm-hmm. and um, you don't get to sort of. I don't know. I just seems like there's more imagination involved. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think that especially with postcards, I love when a postcard arrives and it's like a little bit smudged or like a little bit frayed or there's some water damage damage or something that makes the postcard tell like a story that it didn't when it was purchased. Um, And, and like you were saying, I I have a lot of postcards, um, both that I, you know, I mean, I have postcards that I've sent out and then I also, you know, the ones that I have um, from, from artwork that I've done or just, friends and stuff like that and it is really hard to just throw away a postcard um and I think it's because of what you were saying where when as soon as you turn it over it's like oh there's that person's handwriting um and this is you know especially hard with my mom and my dad like you know they send me a lot of postcards and so I have the most from them but I also can't get rid of any of them because it's like 
oh, that's that's how she writes that word that uh, you yeah. know or um, yeah, I just they're little they're little documents and um, I I love them for that reason, especially when it comes to like the postmark and and things like that where it's like a place and a date and then here's this person and I think that has some magic to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it would be interesting to somehow know, well, I guess, yeah, there's, there's a way to know, um, if there's been a difference in the amount of handwritten letters just over the past, since this whole thing started where, you know, cause you hear about people, um, baking bread again, when, you know, these, these human things that people have done forever, except for most people in their day-to-day life never made the time to do until now. And it would just be interesting to see if more letters are being written right now and probably not delivered. <laughs> right. Well, I know. Well, it's a little interesting because the USPS is under a lot of like they're going to go bankrupt or they need to be yeah. funded. So in some sense, it's like people aren't sending as many things. But then when I went to order stamps online, I've ordered it a few times. And all every time it's like due to high volumes of business i mean online everything's going to take a little bit longer so there people are still doing things and still sending things out it's just people are not going to the post office um and so i think that yeah i don't know um i saw that usps the other day had sent out this they posted a tweet that was like i don't know who needs to hear this but it's a beautiful day to write a letter <laughs> Oh, and I was thinking that that was like USPS's plea to the world. Mm. Um, uh, and I just don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. And I mean, I think that even though I've had a few upsetting experiences at post offices, just with long lines and being bossed around by. I'm thinking of one location in particular that I had some, like, a lot of sort of emotional, uh, overwhelming moments at. Um, This is the Canal Street Post Office in Soho in Chinatown in New York. It's, like, um, right on Canal and Broadway or just a block away. And there was a woman there who was really, really bossy. And she loved to tell people what to do and when to do it. And if they weren't doing it fast enough, she was really going to clap back I mean it was just I mean I saw like I went there a lot because it's right near my job and I just saw I saw some ugly interactions and sometimes I was a part of them so um that aside I've also I've just I feel like a post office is a place that even when I have to wait in line I don't I don't mind it that much they're not the most uplifting spaces but there's something about being there that just feels um I don't know that you're sort of, uh, it's just, it's not the DMV. I'm not sure exactly what I, what I find sort of, uh, enjoyable about it, but I've, I don't mind going there and I don't want to lose the post office. I mean, I think that, you know, stamps and postmarks and things like that, that's not what FedEx does. They just print out like a little barcode or whatever that, that has the price on it and the it's just I'm not 
no, I, I just I think that that loses some of the the individual quality of of the things that you send. So it's yeah, yeah. they're not perfect, but it's okay. Like, can this be something that we hold on to? <laughs> like, can we just like right. pull a basketball and the post office like through this pandemic? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and a few a few restaurants. Yes, a few restaurants. Yes. Oh my gosh, so many restaurants and um, lots of things, uh, of course. Yeah. No, I think it that would be really heartbreaking if there was no longer a post office. Like, there's always been, sorry, there's always been a postal service like forever, and even before that, there's always been some sort of messenger. You know, it's like the, the most human thing to send a message to someone far away. And yeah, I think that even though there's always going to be ways to do that, I don't know if they're going to be as accessible as the post office is to like most, most people. Yes. I mean, a huge issue around the post office um, not getting funded is that uh uh, people like it's like a huge issue of class like and people who like live in like rural communities where there's not a FedEx it's like they right. still have access to a post office so how how can we take that away um because there's yeah. there's no options there I mean I think I'll be getting a carrier pigeon if yeah. the post office is no longer um yeah. up and running yeah I mean I just don't think it's it's something we want to lose. What's going on with the post office in Canada, where you're from? Um, I don't think it's in any kind of dire straits the way it is here. Yeah. Um, like, all I know right now is that they're backed up, but they described it as, like, every day is like Christmas. As in, <laughs> like, Christmas, Christmas kind of volume of delivery happening. So, yeah, there's delays and stuff, but... Um, I, I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. So at least, you know, you'll have that if you need to mail anything up yeah, there. Yeah, I think, you know, maybe the motto can be there's always Canada for like so many yeah. things. <laughs> um, that's what I'm feeling right now. Um, I feel like there was something But else. I think... Yes, please. I please, think please. like you... Um, yeah, I don't think you should underestimate the significance of like poetic value you know sure like like it makes me think of Dario Robledo's work about the the heartbeat you know um and and just that the ramifications of, of losing the heartbeat like if say medicine um evolves so much that we no longer have use for you know our plain old biological hearts and we can have fancy new ones that um, work so much better and last so much longer, but they don't have a heartbeat. They just have a whir. Um, and just sort of like the the poetic um, loss of that and sort of the the symbol of the heartbeat in art and culture and literature like throughout time and what a loss that would be if yeah, maybe we don't actually need it to survive, but isn't something lost if we don't have that anymore? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think the post office has something like that. It just, I don't know. But like I said, there's probably 
always going to be some version of that, but yeah, one that's sort of accessible to everybody. Um, and yeah, I, I, one that's not sort of um, expected to turn a profit. It's just a service for people. Right. Yeah, I think um, just hearing you talk about the heart and the heartbeat is making me think of, like, then, I mean, the post office is like veins, you know, they're like carrying everything, all this sort of, I mean, and it's, I don't think it's often in this day and age that you, like, say something mean to someone in a letter (laughs) or a postcard. So this idea that mostly it's like positive well, I'm talking about sort of me sending something to someone versus like a bill. I was <laughs> going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not not that part, but just the things that like we send each other as individuals. Mostly yeah. they're nice things, even if it's like condolences or something like that. It's still yeah. sort of coming from a place of love. And yeah. if you think about that, it's like then the post office is just like this hub of love, <laughs> you know, exactly. or just like spreading spreading things all over the country. And then, of course, for me, I've made this connection, I think, because I wanted to figure out how you could pass some, how I could pass, how I could be a part of a pass without playing basketball. Like, what is a pass? It's sort of looking for someone else. It's finding someone else. I mean, a successful pass. Um, It's sort of this very subtle way of acknowledging you need help or another person. And that you can't do it alone. And I feel like the the post office or mailing things is a form of passing. And yeah. I really leaned into that and enjoyed that uh, as a as a way of thinking about why the post office matters to me. And again, how my favorite part of basketball, the passing, can be seen in other parts of life that I get to take part in. And of course, I can, you know, I can go pass a basketball to someone. It's more of just thinking that's not my job. It's not what I get. I mean, I'm not sure what I get paid for right now. But that's, I mean, I don't get paid, I definitely don't get paid to pass a basketball. But just the idea of, okay, this thing that I think is so beautiful um, and has so much power to me, where else can I find it? Um, and... If we're, if I'm believing that a pass is, uh, sort of looking for someone else and then and then finding them with something, whether that is like a physical object or not, then then, of course, mailing things is a pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it does it. You know, aside from the insurance part, <laughs> like it really does. Um, it you really putting your faith in a lot of people you don't know um you know it's a vulnerable thing to send something out there and hope that um everyone's hands that it passes through has every intention of getting it to where you want it to go right it's team I mean you have to rely on those teammates (laughs) of yours to just keep things moving Mm mm-hmm And that's, I mean, passes are all about, like, literally physically, like, progressing. I mean, you know, sometimes there is a, oh, I'm stuck, and I'm going to pass out backwards or in another direction. But, I mean, really, like, even those passes are about getting us, moving us forward. Right. And I think that, yeah, I just, I want to 
be a part of a pass in as many ways as I can. And, and this feels like one of those, one of those ways. When I was in Philadelphia, this was in the summer of 2018, I went to the first post office in the oh, United wow. States. And that was a really, I mean, it's just a regular, I mean, it's just still operating as a regular post office. Like, it's not, mm. um, I mean, I think the woman who was working there when I was getting my stamps and mailing my postcards, like, was not interested in my excitement <laughs> over, <laughs> like, this is being mailed from the first post office. This was the first place mail was mailed. Yeah, um, you can't be the first person to walk in there. No, with- and maybe that's why she was like, all right, next, you know, keep it moving. <laughs> but I was just, you know, really, like, giddy about it. And it was just really... I mean, I think that there's cities on the East Coast that have these, the first whatever, and that's like yep. Boston and Philadelphia, and and they do a good job. I mean, there's other places, but the, I'm thinking of those two in particular because they have these, like, sections of town that just feel really old, and you, when you're walking through them, you're like, get yeah. all sort of worked up about, I don't know. <laughs> Betsy Ross, like whatever, just like, I mean, there's just so like, there's just a little, they, they kind of play on, on your, on this idea of, of being, um, the beginning. And yeah. of course, like there's, that's, there's, that's really controversial. Um, because of course, when, you know, the country started, we were doing awful things as right. we are now. Um, but this, <laughs> so, I mean, I think I was just really, kind of into this uh, day that I spent in that area and, and getting to go to the first post office was a part of that and and was exciting to me in a way that, um, I mean, I think, you know, I, I always like to go when I'm in a new place. I think it's fun to, like, seek out the post office. Um, I think it's just because I'm avoiding the museums, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> Um, you gotta pace them out. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But just this idea that a post office is where you go if you're a tourist and you need to mail a postcard, and it's also where you right. go if you're someone and you need to who lives there. Like it's just this all-encompassing place, and yeah. I really like seeing how that exists in different places. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and then when I was in Lithuania, like it was a huge deal to go to the post office there. Like we took photos. You know, just we were Googling all these words before we went in. We still <laughs> fucked it up. Like, you know, there was lots of, like, opening the big post box and, like, sticking them in and smiling. And um, it was wonderful. Um, uh, also, what was the name? How do you say? I'm forgetting the word for post office. Um, oh, pashta. Pashtas. Um, in, in Lithuanian, I think. Mm-hmm. I'll you know, follow up on that. Um, but yeah, I love, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a universal thing. Yes, definitely. It's, it's important. And I'm not sure if mailing a bunch of things right now is the right thing to do because I've also read that postal workers are like, there's a lot of strain being put on the post office. Yeah. So how do we, what is the best way to support the post office? Is it to buy a bunch of stamps and not send anything? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's you. You can still send things, but just 
don't expect it to show up anytime soon. Right. Just maybe a little more patience on that end. Yeah, I don't know how something could make it to Vermont from Tucson, like, and something has still not made it to Salt Lake City. <laughs> I don't know how that mm. that math works, but no. um, I'm I'm wanting to not not complain and put it out into the universe that I trust and believe yeah. that everything will arrive where it should when it should. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing is, like, uh, not every, I mean, think about uh, working there and how many pieces of mail pass through your hands, and it's really hard to um, think of each one as this precious special thing when, you know, it's coffee break time. Of course, which I understand. (laughs) Yeah, like this, um, this one parcel that my mom sent uh march 20th i'm gonna look i'm gonna read you the tracking list of where it all went to before it dropped off the face of the earth oh yeah please so march 20th it was in canada um that's when it left and then march where, 21st, where in canada uh bc okay. vancouver um oh. 21st it was in san francisco 23rd uh okay still san francisco but uh international distribution center and then 23rd oh still san francisco there was a hiccup here i don't know and then march 26th philadelphia that has never happened and then 27th philadelphia 27th hayettesville uh maryland okay uh, 27, then Washington, D.C., then Annapolis, then Annapolis, then Baltimore, then Jamaica, New York International Distribution wow. Center. Oh, my God. And then Kansas City, Missouri, April 6th. It was last seen in Kansas City, Missouri. And, like, normally things just go straight to Louisiana. Like, I don't, I mean, it would have gone to wherever, like, maybe San Francisco first, but then... I have no idea why it it just ping-ponged around like this. Um, someone said that it was it was a scanning error, mm. and so it just kept getting scanned. But then the thing is, like, the address is written all over this thing. And so I think that's the thing is no one is actually reading the address. They're just scanning it and then throwing it in another pile. Yeah. And it's just getting, you know, like... And it's just so frustrating to me. It's just like, read the address. Just read it. It's right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, that sounds I don't know. So, that, so the last you heard from it, it was in Kansas City. Um, yeah, and that was April 6th. So it's not looking good. I feel um, like it either has to end up with you or back at your mom's. Well, that's not true because <laughs> there's this place where mail goes to disappear and it's in Atlanta and and it's happened to me my mom has sent me this package that had like some of my favorite records in it and this is when I first moved to Spanish Town oh my gosh and um and it never showed up and it went to Atlanta and there was nothing I could do about it and apparently that's just where things go to die and I think maybe they're you, there's like no address. I don't know how anyone, I don't think, I think it's top secret. I don't think anyone's allowed to go there. Could you imagine? 
<laughs> Could you imagine the people, the angry people that would like be banging on the door wanting to find their package? That's crazy. How'd you find out that it was in Atlanta? Oh, I, I don't know. I was just a lot of customer service phone calls yeah. and yeah, that was the last stop. And then apparently when, when things, when they can't, um, find out where to send things it just eventually gets either disposed of or like auctioned off they open up the contents and which is just kind of like really uh, violating yeah totally <laughs> wow so again be... it's not it's not important things but it's just the fact that like maybe there's a really heartfelt letter in there that's just gonna go in the garbage sure yeah. that's interesting i didn't know that I mean, it makes sense that such a place exists, but I didn't, I didn't know. Um, I wonder if I could get the person who runs that building to be on the podcast. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Not to <laughs> overshadow what you're offering. I'm just saying, no. like, what an elusive uh, celebrity. Yeah. 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 Did I tell you that I used to work at the post office? No. You know, I, I spent a few years working for Canada Post. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so, yeah, I, a lot of postcards passed through my hands that I did not read. Yeah. <laughs> not even <laughs> one of them? Like, <laughs> no, I totally glanced at some postcards. It's, like, really hard not to. Sure. Um, even if it's just, like, like, literally passing through your hands and you catch a few words, it's just kind of nice to, to catch glimpses of people saying hi to other people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my yeah. my great uncle was like a lifetime USPS employee, and and he sorted the mail. I mean, he worked the graveyard shift and yeah. was the sorter, which, um, I mean, sounds like a very hard job as far as the hours go, but also just that I I don't know the idea of like sorting things into geographical locations and stuff like that. As far as yeah. where they go, sounds kind of exciting to me. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's definitely. Um... Yeah, it's I, I don't it's know what blood. to say about that job. I've had worse jobs, but um, I mean, it's working in a big factory, and a sure. lot of it's just feeding stacks of things and machines, and you know, it's like I've I've never sort of, it, I don't know if I've had a job that's been so like looking forward to your fifteen minute clock in, clock out, coffee break. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's really kind of watching the clock kind of work except for around Christmas time there's like a special um like they have obviously way more cards like Christmas cards and letters yeah. and things like that and so there's extra workers for that and like an, an area where it's just sorting like literally sorting through a stack of of Christmas cards and just putting them in boxes with different postal codes you know right. and I mean, it's funny how that is, I mean, it should all just be sort of the same level of monotony, but there's something way more enjoyable about that than like a stack of bulk mail. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I, I can get on board with that yeah. as well. Flashy colors, bows, yeah, things like that. Yeah. And then there's the whole um, Santa Claus department that um, all of the retirees in a room and reply to the oh nice Santa. yeah <laughs> oh I didn't even think about that that's so cute yeah but I don't know who replies to the letters addressed to God 
because I've seen a few of those mm, too. Wow. Yeah. God, what a job. <laughs> right? <laughs> I guess I, they're probably not hiring for that right now. <laughs> <laughs> At least here. <laughs> By the way, you got you're part of a missing postcard. I sent you a postcard last year that you never got, and oh, am I? That made me really sad because I drew this picture of um, a hand reaching, and oh. uh, drawing does not come easily to me. That was a, a big effort, and it just disappeared. <laughs> well, I'll keep an eye out. Um, <laughs> oh gosh! Wow. And I actually owe you a letter to Adam Silver, <laughs> um, which I have. So I have to send that oh out to gosh. you at some point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think... don't. Yeah, maybe don't send it right now. I would not want no, I don't want to risk to happen it. to that. I know. I actually am wondering what happened to the letters that I sent. Because I sent him like six of the letters I wrote him. But that mm-hmm. was back in the summer. So I th- and they arrived, definitely, because I got a response. Did I tell you that I got a response? No. Oh, yeah, I got a response from, like, a fan fan relations type uh, bill, I think his name was, um, sort of disputing some of my ideas, but also thanking me for my work. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I want to, like, do something with that letter <laughs> as well. Yeah. I just feel like I have to keep... We, we, I need to keep the back and forth going. <laughs> yeah. But I, I yeah. did print out the... Sig- so he says... Um, like the sign off to the letter, I'm forgetting exactly what it says, but it's something like, thank you so much for your ideas, blah, 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 sincerely, Bill, NBA fan relations. I did print that onto a pillowcase. <laughs> and now I'm wondering, should I mail the pillowcase to Adam Silver? But I think it's getting into a little bit of a territory of pillowcases are weird to give to people that you don't know. But this right. is really a piece of art. It's really a piece of art. It's not meant, I'm not like, oh, Adam Silver, you're put this on your pillow yeah Um, so it just um yeah figuring that out but it's been um yeah so I have to get you that letter and I will wait until I feel as if as though it's safe to mail it well maybe you know maybe one day in the not too far away there'll be an opportunity just to um Give it to me in person. <gasps> wow, the old give it to you in person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only thing <laughs> older than the mail. <laughs> Handing something to somebody. <laughs> oh, it's and true. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> like, you do not need insurance for that. As Yeah, I mean, that just sounds something that has yet to, to require it, but I'm sure, you know, eventually... Uh, <laughs> handing something to someone will require some kind of money. Um, yeah, that's great. I would love that. Um, let's keep that kind of talk and thoughts up. I'd love to hand it to you in person. Yeah. Good. Well, this has been great to talk with someone I love about something I love. Yeah. Thank so. you for thinking of me and wanting me to give you my two cents yeah I think of that piece that you made with your mother's hand because it was the smallest piece of clay and it was a print of your mother's hand that was just it was sitting in a ziploc bag that she had sent it right mm-hmm. yeah. I think that that just um had stayed with me for a long time that piece and just thinking about how it kind of 
went along with some of my own um, feelings about wanting to use the mail because of all the people involved, and that seemed like such a good entry point into showing, like, discussing male appreciation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm officially anti-FedEx. I hope they don't want to sponsor my podcast later on because I'm not having it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care what they pay me. (laughs) I'm looking for, yeah, USPS. Um, This is like a free commercial, essentially. (laughs) It's like, you don't need to go to a museum right now. Just buy some stamps online. Like, you're experiencing art. (laughs) There you go. That's how you can help the post office. Right. Keep endorsing them. Yeah, I think that that's, that's my... That's my purpose. Um, thanks again, Mel, for coming on the podcast. It was so great to talk. And um, feel free to send me something through the mail anytime okay. soon. Please. I will. I will. Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hi, Mel. Hi. <laughs> I, I don't do that with everyone. <laughs> I feel-